great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. Way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, uh, Rams fall to one and two. It is a difficult start to the season with the Niners and Bengals in back-to-back games, but it's a start that maybe we didn't necessarily expect after the first couple of weeks. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. Um, it, after that loss, it's an AFC loss, you know? Like, it's not going to bite us that hard. You know, you go into Indianapolis and you take care of business, and you're 2-2, two and two. And you're better than everybody thought you'd be at, you know, at the quarter mark of the season or like a little before the quarter mark. So, I mean, just really, really tough when the play design is boring and you're thrown deep every time you're playing yep. like the yep. little brother in Madden who just <laughs> does, never runs the ball and always just tries to throw it deep. Um, one dimensional. Yeah, yeah, very one dimensional, lacking, predictable, predictable but – I mean, I don't know. I'm coming out of that game thinking, like, we're young and we're – like, I saw some stuff I liked. Yeah, I mean, the Rams lost the game 19-16. to 16, And, you know, a lot of the conversation on social media, and this is the live reaction post-game, is if the 2-2 Adwell play doesn't get called back in the beginning of the game because all scoring plays have to be under review, and the foot, it was a heel, potentially touched out of bounds. I didn't see anything that was necessary to overturn the call on the field. I thought 2-2 Adwell had a clean touchdown. He should have had two touchdowns on the day. They ended up losing the game 19 to 16. They fall to one and two on the season. But I feel like the, the main point of the conversation is the Sean McVay play calling, right? Because it was so perfect in the first couple of weeks. Matthew Stafford hadn't been touched. He'd been sacked once in two games across Seattle and San Francisco. And then you get into this game and show, uh, Matthew Stafford is sacked by five different Bengals players six different times. So very, very difficult um, beginning to this game, right? Because it seemed like everything was firing on all cylinders from an offensive standpoint. And then as the game unraveled, they became more one-dimensional and were only, you know, they only ran the ball 13 times in this game. So how much can you offer late in, in the game when you're playing from behind and you become fully one-dimensional and reliant on Matthew Stafford dropping back and trying to pick apart the defense? Yeah, I mean, you know, you run a pretty much perfect scripted drive to start the game. You know, defense does a great job. Bengals are like, we want we want the ball. And, you know, they get stopped. Evan McPherson misses a field goal. So you get to pick up some from some, you know, stand, pretty good yardage. And then, you know, great play to Tyler Higby to start. And then that, like, beautiful 2-2 um, run, which is really what it was. It was like a, you know, like a very creative run. And then after that, nothing really. Like, oh, yeah. for – um, what? Oh, for seven, oh, for eight on third down on the day. They were one for 11 on third down. Rims were oh. one for 11 on third down. They were oh, for three in the red zone. So, Nick, you know, when we, remember when we went back to the Super Bowl and we were talking about 
the impact of Kevin O'Connell, KOC, and how he impacted that game from a play calling standpoint late, late in the third and fourth quarter, especially when it related to it relates to the run game and how Sean McVay was pretty much buried in his playbook, thinking to himself, God, I can't run the ball. We can't run the ball in this game. How are we going to get out of our own way? How are we going to stay one-dimensional and still win the Super Bowl? And a lot of those those intricate play calls, uh, Dan Orblosky was talking about some of the backside screens that can combat the pressure. And, you, you know, you're relying on the tight end in the screen game. And then you have to be able to combat that with a little bit of getting Matthew Stafford under center, play action in the run game. So there were elements, I think, that Sean McVay had opportunities. And you saw, Nick, it was the first scripted series. And then the series coming right out of the half. And then just every, seemed like every single series outside of that, whether it was off of the turnover by Akella Witherspoon or it was just every other McVay series, it seemed like he was just taking unnecessary shots. And it, it, there was no marriage of the pass and run. And it just became the same thing that it was in 2022. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. That was a, a, almost like you read my mind. Every game so far this season, I know there have only been two up until this point, have felt like the 2023 Rams completely separate, put everything from last year behind them and have felt like a completely new team. And tonight looked identical to last year's Rams. Stafford has zero time. And I know, you know, obviously injuries are going to, you know, make the O-line suffer, but zero time, zero creativity with the run, um, you know, giving up on the run and then just trying to forge things downfield. And then, you know, obviously young players bobbling balls turns into interceptions, which just yeah, like opportunities. One to 11 on the third down. You actually tweeted this two turnovers. And, you know, they're actually, you know, debatably in that game almost the entire time. Um, probably up until the very end where the Bengals let them get a touchdown. But still, like, that's why that's why I'm trying to pump the brakes on just absolute hate and being like, well, despite all of our best efforts, Raheem and the defense, great. These young players are not going to keep dropping the ball. That was one of the dirtiest picks I've seen in the NFL. Like interception, I've seen probably this season. That was probably the coolest interception this season. So it's not all bad. No, it's not all bad. I mean, the Bengals ran 74 total plays. So you'd imagine you also you saw Aaron Donald come out for a couple of plays like later on in the third and fourth quarter because you're just gassed when you're one on one rushing after the passer like a, a bullet coming out of a gun the way that Aaron Donald rushes the passer. But I think the most frustrating element of this game it has nothing to do with Raheem Morris has nothing to do with the defense and some of the young players on that side of the ball. It has to do with with uh, with Sean McVay and the offensive line and some of the pillars and core values that they had going into the season where they sold the bill on protecting Matthew Stafford. They, they said to themselves, they said to the fan base, they said to the media, we must protect Matthew Stafford. He's one of the three pillars and the offensive line issues. I feel like it's a flashback to 2022. What is the solution? Like it feels like Joe Nopum going back to left tackle. If Alaric Jackson has to miss some time is a solution, right? Because Zach Taylor can't play that position and you just saw him just get abused by Hendrickson play and play again. Matthew Stafford being sacked six times by five different Bengals players is not something that you want to be able to chalk up and, and, and carry over from week to week. It's just, it's impossible to win that way. And yeah. I, I don't think that the Rams are doing themselves any favors in terms of self-inflicted wounds by not just running a draw play on second and seven 
instead of having Matthew Stafford drop back. You know, they have all these these duos and these outside zones and everything that they've run historically from a run scheme perspective over the past six years built into the playbook. And, and Nick, it felt like that game was over with what, five, six minutes left in the third quarter, when in reality, you just had to control the clock, put together a possession that married the pass and the run and get into the end zone before the, the Bengals had a chance to kick another field goal. Yeah. I, something I want to add on the offense. Uh, I know I saw him out there, but very sparringly. Uh, Captain Ben Skoranek, like completely absent. Like the, what a great time. Like last year, Cooper Cup goes down. They find like a stallion in this kid, Ben Skoranek, who has been on the team prior. And this year he earns a, like a captain. And you would think like, you know, throw in some jet sweeps, get him out there with like Puka Nakua, have him like run it as a fullback, change it up. Like it's not working yeah. in the past yeah. game. And like, obviously the offensive line is hurt, but, and this is a very hot take it, that I just took. It's, like, it's a way to combat the offensive line battling injuries though, right? It's, it's being yeah. able to get under up under center and be able to pound the rock and get your offensive line in some form of momentum. Instead it's of not just gonna make it easier for the runner. Yeah, it's, it's so much harder to just consistently pass block, play after play after play. But you were making a good point, so go back to what you were saying. I was going to say, and this is coming out of left field, but it's a hot take. Um, I wonder if Cam Akers saw a um, just abandoning of the run time and time again and would speak on it um, in a way that would – probably insult McVay. And to think that Kevin O'Connell is the one that the Rams traded him to where Akers, you know, helped win the Rams the Super Bowl and like put in more designed runs for them, like, you know, to so McVay could go to him in those yeah. times of need. Yeah. I don't know. It's just maybe there's something there where there are people that are saying like, you know, hey buddy, like maybe that like you need somebody else in your ear, which is what we hoped LaFleur would be this year. It's, it's what Mike LaFleur should be. And, right. and maybe he agreed with Sean McVay because a lot of the matchups that they found downfield likely favored the Rams. A lot of the interceptions or the turnovers or the, the batted passes at the line of scrimmage before Matthew Stafford was getting blistered by pressure were, were batted up in the air. But, it, you know, you don't necessarily see how open that route was in real time, right? If the pass was batted, at the line of scrimmage, but the passes, uh, you know, the couple of throws were behind Puka Nakua. I, I just feel like the way that they went about the offensive game plan today heavily favored the pass game. And when they found and relied on mismatches and they consistently didn't work time and time again, they just kept going back to it. Like it's the definition of insanity. It's just kind of relying on the same, same things over and over again. And it's just not working to your favor. So I'm just fearful that they were not able to get out of their own way. And maybe Mike LaFleur doesn't have the same kind of pull that Kevin O'Connell once had when he was in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, talk about like going back to the same thing. It seemed like whenever Tyler Higby got the ball, it was a positive play. And then they don't, you know, they don't, they don't use him enough. Also that yeah, uh, freaking Zach Taylor pulls a Sean McVay and runs to get that time off and uh, time out off in time. Because that, I mean, that's another touchdown they take off the board. I've also never, ever seen a ref pick up a, a horse collar penalty that we saw tonight. Yeah, on, on 2 2 Atwell later on yeah, in the game. I mean, you know, penalties, this and that. I mean, you're going to call a touchdown on the field, take it back, 
call an interception, look it over. It feels like it, it should be overturned and keep that one. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of a lot of goofiness. The other I mean, you can go back to the refs. I, I just feel like this was you know, for as much as you want to be able to blame some of it on the officiating, it just feels like it, this was the Rams' fault. They put themselves yeah. in so many positions to be able to execute on a quarterback that couldn't even move. This is a quarterback that was throwing the ball in 2.5 seconds. We're dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo all over again, the quick pass game, the RPO stuff. Nick, it was all the stuff that we previewed earlier on in this week. And a lot of the successes that they had on first and second down were due to the run scheme that they run out of the shotgun. And Joe Mixon just being able to plow forward, they crunch play for five, six yards. Right. And then on third and fourth down, they're relying on Jamar Chase and they weren't relying on him as an X or a Z. Right. He was playing a little bit in the F. He was all over the field. He was in the backfield. Like for as much as you want to be able to get creative with some of the stuff you could do pre-snap, that was kind of like the Cooper Cup vacancy. That would, that would, and the Bengals looked like they had just enough to be able to get by in that game. Right. And it was a situation in the jungle in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, an 0-2 team that was in the AFC Championship last year, were so damn desperate for a win, relied on their top playmakers in a situation where it just felt like they had a couple of more and the play calling was just a little bit better. And they didn't turn the ball over twice. They only turned it over once. Yeah, it turned, just turned the ball over once. I mean, I'm if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm walking out of that game nervous. And I'm feeling like you almost stole one because there were like a lot of drop, like Bengal player drops. Yeah. Like stuff that like, you know, outside of the refs, I feel like not a lot of calls were in our favor. But there were like there were opportunities for us to come and take that game. Like finally Stafford connects on like a 46 yard bomb and you're like, okay, like immediately in, in, in the red zone, this is what, like, this is what McVay is looking for when he keeps drawing this up. He's like, yeah. it's going to happen one time. You guys got to connect once. Um, and you know, they finally do. And then of course, two good things can happen in a row. It's immediate interception. The very next play. If the interception, the very next play after the Van Jefferson bomb, which it was a miracle that we even connected on one of those because the pass that was previously intended a quarter before to Van Jefferson was intercepted, right? And then the other play that I felt like was just so close, was it the 2-2 Atwell play that was uh, was penalized? Was it the face mask? There was there, – oh, no, it was, the, it was the Kyron Williams drop. It was the Kyron Williams drop that I felt like was the other opportunity that the Rams had, that they were well on their way to a scoring possession. But the Kyron Williams drop, if he would have caught that ball, possessed it, brought it into the five, six-yard line, the Rams would have been in first and goal with a fresh yeah, set and of downs another, and the opportunity to run the ball. Young player that – like that's the kind of stuff that you chalk up to like next year – that kind of thing can't happen again. Yeah. But I mean, was this the, the second time we got a bobble in like yeah, in back to back weeks? But a yeah. volleyball bobble. It's not just yeah. like a flat out drop. It's like a it's no. Like, it's like a yeah. It's like a hot potato. It's like somebody else grab it. You know the game. Else really you remember the game we used to play with the balloon when the balloon would deflate and you would have to keep it up in the air and not let it touch the ground. That's, that's the game. That's what the ball. The, yeah, the, the game with no name. The ball just the ball floats up in the air like it's a deflated balloon and that it just gives the other team an opportunity to be able to camp out underneath of it, make an interception or whatever it may be. Didn't happen this time, but it's I say another dropped Bengals opportunity, which is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. like we yeah. can't sit here and act like, Oh, like, woe is us. Like all these calls against us. A lot happened in our favor too. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, well, if Kyron would have caught that pass, if Puka Nakua would have caught that pass and it wasn't deflected at the line of scrimmage and it wasn't an interse interception, then the Rams would have ran the ball six straight times in the red zone to, to take a lead. And they, but they, they lost time of possession. They ran less total plays. They, they lost on third down. It, they, they didn't do enough to be able to win this football game. I also think you need another running back. I think you need two, like, truthfully, which is why the whole Cam Akers thing, and, like, I, I sure, like, locker room trouble. But, you know, it's good just to kind of mix them up because stuff like that will happen, especially with somebody that's, you know, on the younger side. And Cam Akers kind of had, like, that yeah. veteran – I've talked about him like seven times tonight. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Okay. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm, I'm backing up because I'm thinking about Ronnie Rivers. And then I'm thinking to myself, is Ronnie Rivers like a legitimate second option? And then I'm thinking to myself, who is a free agent running back? And why, yeah. why does it feel like we can't invest a draft pick in a running back earlier on because it just gets poo-pooed or it doesn't work out in our favor unless it's Todd Gurley. But if we go after a running back in later rounds, there's a flaw to their game. Like a Cam yeah. Akers who doesn't understand his role or a Kyron Williams who drops passes in crucial situations or Ronnie Rivers who's hot on the gambling table but not hot on the field. Yeah, I, you know, and like, yeah, I, I mean, that's just – like, But, like, we could talk about the running backs and, like, we want to kind of point fingers all over the place. And, like, it wasn't the running backs' fault in this game. It wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault in this game. Like, you lose the offensive line, the play calling, and the coach has to earn his money. That yeah. to me was that to me that loss was on Sean McVay, coaching yeah. against one of his understudies. He should be able to outsmart and, and scheme up a game that is strong enough from a, a run scheme perspective. I just think they had they had enough personnel. And then Nick, you know what? By the way, that's probably why the offensive line got hurt because they're in so many pass pro reps because they keep having to drop back and protect Matthew Stafford in, in effort to. To just keep them upright, it's, it just doesn't seem like it's a fair assignment. No, um, no, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, and Stafford, it's like the other, like the next man up after Rodgers goes down in terms of like you know guys that are on their way out, and yeah. he gets sacked by five different Bengals tonight. That is like he's going to be out of the season if you keep that up. He's not making it to. To the whole games, and I don't even, think even have Stetson Bennett to back him up. I think we got yeah. Brett Rippin. Yeah, you have Brett Rippin. You see, you have Stetson Bennett, who's not even in the facility at this point. Um, you know, that's that's another thing. You you spend a fourth round draft pick when you could have went after Aiden O'Connell. You know, who's potentially going to be in line to start for the Raiders next weekend from Purdue. Yeah. Was in your backyard. Charlie Jones was catching passes and I think returning punts from Purdue. The Rams went to their pro day and played for the Bengals today. I mean, there's a lot of uh, moving pieces that you can go back and forth on. I just think that this one came down to coaching. I think yeah. that they had enough. Their offensive line got banged up because they were in such unfavorable positions time and time again. And um, it, it resulted in, in a loss. You have enough to win that game with the men that you have on that field, 100%, and with the manpower that you have behind them. But Sean McVay got in his own way countless times tonight. And I think that's 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 the thesis of our episode, yeah. I believe. But you know what though, and you know it's guys falling, whatever. It for players that like everybody's been healthy for the most part. Um I mean you lost two offensive tackles in this game, but Joe Noteboom came back in the game. And if you lose Alaric Jackson, you're gonna get Joe Noteboom back at left tackle and you're gonna get Trey Manakram at right guard. 
and the offensive line will be fine. But I think like like you're never going to have Matthew Stafford healthy for eight for eight nine weeks if he continues to get hit at this rate. And I think that an effort to to continue moving forward with the the core foundations and philosophies that you've instilled before the season started. You have to just make sure that you prioritize that, whether it's the run game, whether it's more pass protection, however you can get creative with keeping him upright. I think you have to be able to find a way to do it because it's it's the only realistic solution to keeping this season alive. You would have thought that this Sean McVay coaching performance would have came last week. But, you know, in reality, Sean McVay teams, they, they go on this upward trajectory and then they sputter out. And then he kind of has a revelation and gets back to his ways. I mean, he's really, really close to having his first child. You know, like there's some personal distractions that are probably going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of keep those things in mind too. I think the the hungrier team won. A lot of these Bengals that lost the Super Bowl two years ago are still on the team. And Zach Taylor, you know, lost that Super Bowl. People are like, oh, it's clearly not as good as McVay. I mean, Joe Burrow was kind of the only one who was like, I just, you know, I just want to get out of here and make my easy throws and, and go on. But mm-hmm. Bengals came in, they're 0-2. We were 1-1. One one. They wanted it more. It was a home game in Monday night. Our dad just texted us. Rams have had six straight straight road games on Monday night. Thanks, NFL. So <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, with you, there's a lot of factors that go into that loss. When the defense plays that good, you want your offensive head minded uh, offensive minded head coach to be able to you know, kind of go in there and stomp on them like he did with Seattle, but that didn't happen. And now we're uh, one and two. No, we're one and two looking forward to the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson still in concussion protocol. I might get Gardner Minshew in that game. It's going to be a really interesting game next week. I think the Colts are actually favored by one point. I believe that game is in Indianapolis too. So another road AFC game in the fourth week of the season. Bowden jerseys though. That but we wear the bone jerseys, right? I don't think we've ever won in the blue on blue combination that we wore tonight. Incorrect, so. Dean. Christmas against the Broncos. That's right. How could I forget? Those jerseys are synonymous with Nickelodeon and Patrick Starr. Stafford has never won in those jerseys, but oh. Baker Mayfield has. <laughs> Maybe that's our solution. No, yeah. but I mean, if you're going to have your quarterback sit back there, get blasted six times by five different players. May as well be Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be frustrating for Stafford, too. I mean, there's so many of those balls you love to get back. Because, you, because like, he's out there, and McVay's, like, All right. like you know, talking to his ears, like, we're, like, you know, option number one is going to be down the right sideline. And he wants to throw that ball because, of course, he does. Of course. That's yeah. like his bread and butter. So, like, you know, it's almost like a – you know, obviously it's, it is a good partnership, but it's almost like the one buddy who's like, let's have another beer. And then the other guy's like, okay. And then an hour later, he's like, how about another one? He's like, I'm not going to say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, that's why they're best friends. That's probably also exactly what they do when they drink. Yeah. Where like with McVeigh and Goff, McVeigh's like, all right, tequila shots. Goff's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. No, I'm just going to check it down or I'm going to scramble out of bounds for three yards. Or I'm going to throw the perfect ball over the middle. (laughs) To Josh Reynolds. Guys, make sure that if you guys are enjoying the podcast, because we enjoy your guys' viewership and subscriptions and everything that's a part of this Rams Brothers podcast, the interactions on social media and just, you know, being 
part of this. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. So make sure that you guys. Like and subscribe. Here's my advice to all the Rams fans out there. Um, have an older brother and start a podcast with them. So after a loss, you feel better <laughs> about it. So then you could just talk it out and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fun night. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the Puka Nakua older brother theory, it does, it does matter, right? Older brothers make younger brothers better and younger brothers make older brothers better. And that's why we get good football players. That's why we get good podcasts. And that's why you guys probably enjoy listening to this episode because we love each other and we love the Rams. So I'm glad that you guys enjoy it the same way that we do. Peace. Take care, everybody. Like and subscribe. Thank you. Go Rams. Yeah.